0: I'm drinking Pinot Grigio. How is it? Delicious. That's good. Yeah. I used to hate Pinot Grigio and then I grew up and now I love it. It's still
1: a little dry for me because we say, all know that I, I enjoy <laughs> diabetes in a glass. I
0: was going to say, you don't. I know you don't fuck with it, but- No. Well, yeah. you know what? We, you know how I was asking you, because you're trying to like get off pop because of your like headaches and shit- yeah. And I asked you if you like carbonated water. Mm-hmm. I swear to you, when I started drinking carbonated water, it changed my taste buds and that I pinpoint that that's when I started liking dry wine.
1: Maybe that's what I need. Like, maybe now I would. I don't. Because I'm not drinking like sweetened.
0: I'm telling you, because I never drink. I didn't drink a whole lot of pop, but like I did love carbonation. Mm-hmm. and i didn't really like i didn't really like carbonated water and i swear to god you just have to you just have to fucking like it's it's like a it's like a blowjob like you just kind of have to get through it <laughs> you just make it through this and then you might actually like it yeah, you might like it and um <laughs> now i like carbonated water
1: and blowjobs <laughs> <laughs> i
0: completing the fifth
1: (laughs) um yeah i'm gonna i'll have to try i just i haven't found one that i actually like like i i don't mind those ice Mm -hmm. ones but they're not just water there's like coloring in them and shit and like
0: see i don't like the aspartamey taste like that fucks with yeah Um, but I know, and honestly, you're probably you're probably not going to like it until one day you do.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And one day I'm just like, this is it. This is what I have to.
0: Yeah, and you're just gonna be like, oh my god, the carbonation is so crisp and delicious, and then right. you'll just get trapped, and then but then you're not gonna like pop anymore, probably because it's gonna be way too sweet, and then you might like dry wine because I swear that's what did it for me.
1: I really have not had pop in like two weeks. Nice, and. Every day I look at the mountains of cans that I purchased prior to making this decision because I was like, yeah, fucking stock up on Dr. Pepper. Because for a while there, you couldn't get it. Really? And then I couldn't, because yeah, like a, you couldn't find Diet Dr. Pepper anywhere.
0: Because of COVID. And
1: yeah, I think it was like there was like an aluminum shortage or some shit and they were focusing <laughs> on making like the fucking, um, like the most prominent things. And I'm like, bitch, doc- Diet Dr. Pepper is prominent for me. Oh,
0: conspiracy theory. So dr pepper is the cure to covid and that's why i had to get it off the shelves
1: (laughs) yeah it could fucking could be yeah but yeah so i have all this pot that i bought that i'm not gonna drink and i'm like that's just that's great that was a waste of money but whatever i'll have it for when people come over
0: yeah that's a tease too like when oh my god i'd have Mm -hmm. to get that shit like out of my house if i was trying to not drink it
1: I mean, really, at this point, I don't have a desire to drink it. I just, like, when I go out, like, to get something, like, it's really hard for me not to just be like, oh, give me a pop. And then I'm like, nope, 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 never mind. Give me water. Give me my sad water.
0: I know. And that's the thing. Water gets so, like, boring. Like, I, I Mm -hmm. I do love me a good fizz.
1: I like Propel. Propel has been good to me. Okay, yeah. So, but it's not really fizzy. It's just, like, flavored. I can handle, like flavored waters and plain but
0: and i feel like even gatorade might i mean i know it has like sugar and shit i don't know if that's something you're trying to see if like your headache and like you know is related to um but it keeps you very hydrated and shit like that
1: yeah well and that's why i like the propel too because Mm -hmm. it's got like extra electrolytes in it so Mm -hmm so
0: yeah well that was fucking boring
1: that was super boring i hope you all enjoyed me talking about drinking water and how much i hate it oh my god um
0: that was so boring
1: (laughs) that was probably a conversation we should have had off air but that's okay It, it happened and it is what it is and we're just gonna roll with it um what is your icebreaker for me
0: oh okay so actually this is like one of my probably like favorite ways to like gauge a person okay is um if you could meet anyone, living or dead, who would it be? I know it's cliche, but I think it's very telling.
1: I don't think mine's going to be very telling. Okay. Uh,
0: Vincent Price? the fuck is
1: that? Ma'am. I'm sorry. Ma'am. I'm sorry. You don't ma'am. know who Vincent Price is? My heart just shattered in my chest. I'll
0: fucking look him up. Who is it?
1: Like a horror icon. Oh. um, I am madly in love with vincent price except you know he's dead so there's that problem um yeah
0: i guess honestly but, i should have clarified i think it's more interesting if if it is a dead person
1: yeah um so just like a horror icon what was um, i'm sorry i don't know i'm trying to think of like one that you might know, he, know okay of, like, so you know the beginning of thriller okay yeah the voice at the beginning of thriller oh, that's him
0: that's vincent price oh i don't know a lot of like old horror movies um full disclosure i don't uh the house on haunted hill like oh house of wax yeah
1: yes okay Okay. so like the original so like yeah i just very much love vincent price and um yeah i say um, george romero too if you don't know who george romero is i might have to not be friends with you
0: um of course i know who he is oh becky he's the father of zombies um yeah i know that uh
1: yeah that makes me so sad i mean he only recently died so like when did he die that one's kind of cheating a couple years ago and i was literally distraught like i sobbed um
0: what would you what, what would you ask um either of these gentlemen i mean really i
1: just want to meet young vincent price so i can make out with him
0: Ooh, all right
1: um romero i just want to hear about his processes with um like coming up with the zombie films and how
0: he came up with it and stuff
1: like that yeah. yeah yeah i just want to hear him talk about it but um i mean more than that for vincent price let me be clear but like I just also want to hear about the movies and just his life.
0: She just Rachel just wants to mount him. Yeah, that's it. That's I just it. want to
1: take him down.
0: He just wants to hump him like a dog. Yeah,
1: it's totally fair. And it's such a weird, weird <laughs> celebrity cru- dead crush. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, hashtag but, dead crush.
1: <laughs> yeah, but like it is what it is. And it's been an obsession of mine since I was very young, so okay i mean
0: that's that's a good answer i like that yeah
1: that's why i was like i don't think it's really telling though like it doesn't say anything about who i well i mean my obsession with horror But i, like... I mean no
0: that's pretty telling i mean <laughs> you could have picked fucking anyone
1: yeah and i i had those too but yeah so who's yours
0: well if you're about
1: to say fucking gandhi i swear to god i'm
0: not gonna say gandhi i mean right. that would be dope but like that's cliche as fuck okay I mean like now I'd probably say uh Ruth Bader Ginsburg to be honest. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so sad. Our country burning. What? Oh. So yeah, but I mean uh, like before, I mean that's pretty recent. So, well, a living person I would love to meet Bob Dylan. I would fucking shit a brick. Okay. I love Bob Dylan so fucking much. Um I know it's weird, but I do but he's still alive so god willing. Um he's a weirdo and I can get behind that. He, he is, but he was so adorable like back in the like 60s. <laughs> he was so cute. I fucking love like him in that we are the
1: world video he looks like he has no idea what fucking time he's in (laughs) like looks like he's done every drug under the fucking sun and he's just like how did i fucking end up here
0: what is what we're the what why are we the world like he's he's definitely gotten like um a little touched in his old age yeah yeah. And he does sound like this all the time. Like you don't know what he's fucking saying anymore. Yeah. But I did I do really enjoy his old music. Um, and a dead like a dead person? Well, is there anyone you would meet that's living?
1: Like I have a list of celebrities that's probably a mile long.
0: Okay. All right, that's fair. To
1: be honest. Uh but I really want to meet Oliver Phelps because he plays George Weasley, so
0: okay oh he's cute yeah Mm -hmm. um but like a dead person before my beloved rbg that i'd probably want to meet um honestly i think i would probably want to meet some like some like civil rights leader honestly i think i would okay um or like have you seen oh shit what's that what's that called hidden figures have you seen that movie i have not watched it yet no oh it's so good like i would love to be one of those badass women yeah that'd be, that'd be really cool so cool
1: i mean i know what it's about i just haven't watched it yet
0: that's oh, all it's it's so good but yeah all right um oh i also wanted to tell you did so you know we love harry potter but yeah. like
1: but jkr sucks but JKR, so
0: what <laughs> what are yeah, you doing who? who the fuck is that did you see that pete davidson like called her was like that's really disappointing like my friend like lauren sent me an article today and he was like basically like um that's really disappointing like the last tattoo i got was a harry potter one and but like i'm not psychic so i didn't know she'd turn into like a shit (laughs) yeah
1: listen i am fucking struggling because my tattoo appointment for my harry potter sleeve is in november and i'm like i feel like i'm doing a disservice to the people i love that are affected by her comments but at the same time she's not getting a fucking dime out of it so
0: fuck you well, you I, know i do think there's some separation between who she is and what we she... can love we can
1: love her works while acknowledging that she is problematic and we don't love her yeah. it's the same with like hp lovecraft he was a racist fucking piece of shit but he's, like, one of the fathers of modern horror and sci-fi. So we can respect his work while acknowledging he was a problematic fuck who didn't deserve our acknowledgement, but it is what it is.
0: And I, I think that it's really important to, to like, not idolize people (laughs) yeah
1: yeah she was held up on a pedestal for such a long time and 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 now now it's
0: like and now and now no one we all don't know what to do because she has this very deep flaw that seems like counterintuitive yes so we all don't know how to cope with that and now
1: it's pulling apart the storyline now it's making us realize like oh fuck that was kind of fucked up oh that's that's not normal or like um you know the lack of representation of persons of color and you know things like that in the storyline that we all grew up loving because now we're so aware of those things you know
0: yeah so I, i try i mean i like this might not this might be wrong or not wrong but you know like not not as woke as maybe i should be but i do try to pull out the things that are good though you know yeah
1: yeah, I mean it did help an entire generation to be more kind and accepting and loving. And here's the thing for me, when I I mean I I always love Harry Potter, but like when I was young, it got me through some really horrible times in my life. Um and it was my escape. And I need to remember that, you know. Yeah,
0: and you know, even if even if she didn't if J.K. Rowling didn't intend to make us tolerant toward Trans people. Well, guess what? You did. Like, yeah, your your messages actually did have a very positive, perhaps unintended consequence. So, haha, bitch. So, put that in your fucking pumpkin beer and suck it.
1: Yeah, I. Also, my my tattoo is going to be beasts, so it's not even yeah. really Harry Potter. Like, I keep telling myself that. Like, no, it's it's mythical beasts. So it's it's. Harry Potter inspired but, even but it's if it not was, like,
0: you're not getting a fucking picture you're not getting a portrait of JK Rowling on your fucking no Jesus body. Christ no
1: like, fuck that
0: yeah I mean I think it's important to separate like we can't idolize people because they're gonna fail and then we're gonna be super disappointed and and not, and I am disappointed oh yeah yeah I, I think Wrong. we have to take sometimes we, we do have to take like we have to just pick out the good parts and and just also, guess just what? A, you made us fucking tolerant toward trans people, so fuck off, JKR.
1: <laughs> just a reminder that almost all your heroes are trash. There's very few that aren't.
0: Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, so
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, I also love Pete Davidson. So
0: um, that was um, that was what I was getting to. Was that I love him. Um, yeah, in a lot of ways that i yeah won't say on this podcast that you're ashamed of a little bit but i love him yeah i mean it's okay it's all right there's nothing wrong with that god i was just like you're such a babe
1: i have my own guilty celebrity pleasures and M- okay MGK.
0: <laughs> who was friends with him by the way so i know mm-hmm. he, he, they made he's like in a like little part loco. of his new album
1: he's on the video for loco too
0: Oh yeah, he's in this, um, so MGK actually just released, did you hear his like, yes. new pop punk thing? Yes, which I fucking love. I kind of like, I kinda it, so like it, yeah, I kind of like it better than his rap, to be honest. I love
1: anything that man puts out, so like, also, he is really challenging gender norms, and I just want to say he's doing really great things there, so...
0: That, no, that's fine. Like he's not a terrible dude. I just don't think he, he's attractive. And oh, I think it's I hilarious that you do.
1: <laughs> I do. I know a lot of people who do. Uh-huh. So sure, it Jan. is what it is. I mean, whatever. <laughs> that's just more of him for me. Yep. And yeah. and Megan Fox. So I'll take them both.
0: <laughs> Are they together? Yes. <laughs> okay, I thought so, which is
1: so wild. I'm I'm not mad at it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know how sometimes when your celebrity crush gets involved and you're like, and you're all grumbly about it? Oh, no. When I read that, I was like, oh, my God. And Joey looked at me. He was like, it's like
0: heaven for you. And I was like, oh, my God, it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Rachel is hardcore, like, fantasizing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And that's absolutely. fine. Go for there's it. There's nothing wrong with it. But. um, You got to tell me a have, story? Oh. Yeah. Do you have any corrections or anything? Um. No. My episode didn't go out last week so i have not been corrected on anything yet
1: (laughs) (laughs) um my whole story is a correction but the uh yeah the bonus episode will have gone out by now so um yeah so do you remember when i mentioned that they had found a body in a dark ride yeah and i told you that like it was a bandit who ran in and got like mummified somehow in there yeah (laughs) not true but partially true okay i'm gonna tell you the story okay oh i'm getting Um, all
0: cozy with my penis all right
1: okay so i love dark rides whether it's the tunnel of love or a spooky ride or something else dark rides are one of my favorite kinds of rides in amusement parks and tourist spots like they're just so fucking cool
0: they just hit different like yes yes because you just like you can't see like if there's a slope coming like right
1: yeah yes and like not only that like i love the cheese of it like I love how goofy and cheesy and silly it is.
0: I um, I love the like sudden the suddenness of everything cuz you can't see.
1: Yeah, and it just opens up into this scene. So I talk a little bit about Dark Rides. So you've all likely been on one in your life and you might not have even realized it. My first was the Old Mill at Kennywood. Um which thankfully they've brought back with the help of the scare house and they got rid of that atrocity garfield's nightmare
0: oh they did i fucking hated that yes thing. it was
1: so dumb i mean i still so wrote it because it was dark ride but like i stupid. fucking hated it yeah I was um ghostwood manor at kenny wood is also a dark ride if you've ever ridden that that's the one where you ride and shoot the little guns at the ghosts uh-huh um, the exterminator is also a dark ride. So, um, uh, for those of you that are not from Pittsburgh, cause that means nothing to any of you. <laughs> um, an example of a dark ride for you would be like the haunted mansion at Disney. Um, technically it's a small world is a dark ride as well. And arguably it's more terrifying than any of them combined. <laughs> So just want to point that out. Um, Essentially, a dark ride is an indoor amusement ride that's either through water or rail system. They can also be trackless or be an enclosed roller coaster. It pulls you through to set up scenes. They're usually full of animations, sounds and special effects. And they're not always the most popular ride, but they're still a lot of fun. Um The first dark rides started in the late nineteenth century, and they were often called scenic railways. Uh, there's lots of tunnels of loves or old mill settings, and some they can date back to nineteen o one at the new new pike, it's also called the Pike Amusement Park in Long Beach, California. There was a dark ride called Laugh in the Dark. Uh, It was filled with the usual boardwalk attractions, and while Laugh in the Dark wasn't an extremely popular ride, it was still a favorite. Riders would get into a cart and move along a track inside of a building. Fluorescent painted skeletons would pop out of coffins, or brightly colored clowns would would taunt passerby's um laugh in the dark housed the well-known laughing sal which is fucking horrifying looking and we've all seen it uh, sal was one of the several animated characters that were built to attract customers to fun houses and dark rides its movements were accompanied by this haunting laugh that was kind of frightening and annoying all at Ugh, once yeah um along with sal There was a dummy painted with bright orange phosphorescent paint, and it was hanging from a gallows scene. It was illuminated by a blue light in the corner, and most people might actually overlook it. Uh, It had been purchased years prior from a man named Spoonie Singh, who actually started the Hollywood Wax Museum. It had been on display at the museum and many other attractions before that. While it was at an attraction in Mount Rushmore, a windstorm actually blew the dummy down and many of its fingers, toes, and parts of its ears fell off. Yeah. So when Spoonie got it back, he decided that it was too gruesome to put in his wax museum, so he sold it to the owners of the Pike to put in their dark ride. It would fit right in. Because of its location and boardwalk scene, the amusement park was often used by film and television studios as a filming location for scenes at amusement parks or boardwalks. Charlie's Angels, Starsky, and Hutch both had scenes that were filmed there. In December of 1976, the $6 million man was scheduled to record an episode at the park, and the dark ride was going to be one of its set locations. On December 8th, before filming, a prop man walked in to survey the location and make sure that things were okay, like wouldn't obstruct views, and they'd kind of go with the flow of the scene, just to see if they needed to add anything or take anything out. Uh, He moved that mannequin, and when he did, its arm fell off. He went to replace it and realized that there was a real bone and human (laughs) tissue. (laughs) <laughs> no, it, it wasn't a mannequin at all it was a mummified body
0: <laughs> no mm-hmm. oh my god that's yep. what would you do like what would you do i i don't know i'm okay so i'm gonna say something really fucked up yeah <laughs> i'm secretly like jealous of the person that found that oh no i mean same like i don't think
1: i'd panic i'd just be like what the fuck bro like
0: i would would absolutely panic oh yeah no but like i think that's really fucking cool
1: yeah yeah absolutely and i'm sure he was a bit traumatized he didn't say anything about it
0: yeah fuck yeah i would be oh my god you couldn't give me enough wine to put that image out of my head
1: no um the police were called in and i found this note that said that the owners of the park called some of their like emt buddies and were like we have an extreme case of dehydration as a joke because it was mummified yeah it's really fucked this whole thing is fucked.
0: not okay you piece of shit
1: (laughs) and how this body has been treated this whole time is gonna piss you off a little bit but it's kind of like (sighs) it's kind of crazy so
0: those fuckers yep
1: so the police were called in and the body was taken to lo- to the los angeles coroner's office on december 9th dr joseph Choi conducted an autopsy and determined that the body was that of a human male who had died of a gunshot wound to the chest hmm. the body was completely petrified what? covered in wax and had been covered with layers of phosphorus paint
0: but like how you're gonna tell me probably
1: I go into a bit of it, yeah. Okay. Um, It weighed approximately 50 pounds and was 63 inches in height. Some hair was still visible on the sides and back of the head, while the ears, big toes, and fingers were missing.
0: I feel like it was a woman.
1: No. It
0: wasn't? Nope.
1: The examination also revealed incisions from his original autopsy and embalming. I said it was a human male. I said that earlier. Didn't you hear that?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I just, I heard 5'3". Like, that's pretty... Oh, yeah. No,
1: he's just a short guy. He's just short. Okay. Um, The examination also revealed incisions from his original autopsy and embalming. Tests that were conducted on the tissue showed the presence of arsenic, which was a component of embalming fluid until the late 1920s. Tests also revealed tuberculosis in the lungs, which the man had developed while working as a miner, bunions, and scars. While the bullet that caused the fatal wound was presumably removed during the original autopsy, the bullet jacket was found. It was determined to be a gas check, which were first used in 1905 until 1940. These clues helped investigators pinpoint the era in which the man had been killed. Further clues to the man's identity were found when the mandible was removed for dental analysis. Inside the mouth was a 1924 penny, in a ticket stubs to the 140 West Pike sideshow and Lewis Sunny's Museum of Crime. Investigators contacted Dan Sonny, who confirmed that the body that they found was that of uh, Elmer McCurdy. Forensic anthropologist Dr. Clyde Snow was then called in to help make a positive identification. Dr. Snow took radiographs of the skull and placed them over a photo of McCurdy that had been taken at the time of his death in a process called superimposition. Snow was able to determine that the skull was that of Elmer McCurdy. So... All of the stuff I said about, like, the lungs and the bunions and the scars, they knew that Elmer McCurdy had all of those things. So it was all leading up to it being his body. Okay. I just didn't want to reveal his name until further in. hmm So – Elmer McCurdy was born on January 1st, 1880 in Washington, Maine, to Sadie McCurdy, who was unmarried at the time. She had no idea who his father was, and one theory is that it was her cousin, Charles Smith. McCurdy actually used that name as an alias later in life. Uh, Because of the time, and to save Sadie the embarrassment of being an unwed mother, her brother George and his wife Helen adopted Elmer. George actually died of tuberculosis 10 years later. Aww. And Sadie and Helen moved to Bangor, Maine.
0: What? Yep. That's like where Joe's from. Yep.
1: Damn. There's a lot of stuff in Maine here. Um, Sadie eventually told Elmer that she was in fact his mother, not Helen, and that she didn't know who his father was. That news made Elmer so resentful of her. And he ended up becoming really unruly and rebellious because mm. of that. And as a teenager, he developed an alcohol addiction that continued throughout his short life.
0: Well, I mean, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I Uh, didn't see how that might happen. Yeah. So McCurdy actually moved
1: to live with his grandfather in Maine and became an apprentice plumber. And he was actually doing really well until the economy fell in 1898 and he lost his job.
0: Thanks, Obama. <laughs> Back in 1898, it was still your fault. Still your fault, Obama. Everything just can't love you. Um,
1: His mother died shortly after, in August of 1900, of a ruptured ulcer. His grandfather den- then died a month later from Bright's disease, which is actually like a kidney disease.
0: Oh, Obama.
1: After that, he was just done with Maine and he left and began to drift around the eastern part of the country. He worked as a lead miner and a plumber. So, that lead miner, you know, that's how he got the tuberculosis.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: His alcoholism was severe and it made holding a job really difficult for him. Eventually, he went to Kansas to work as a plumber, but his alcohol dependency caused issues again. And after being arrested for public intoxication in 1905, he relocated to Webb City, Missouri. McCurdy joined the Army, the U.S. Army, in 1907 and was assigned to Fort Leavenworth, which we've talked about Leavenworth before because it's a prison, Mm -hmm. um, as a machine gun operator and was trained to use nitroglycerin for demolitions. He was honorably discharged on November 7th, 1910. And then he went to St. Joseph, Kansas, where he met with an army friend. On November 19th, he and his friends were arrested for possessing chisels, hacksaws, funnels for nitroglycerin, gunpowder and money sacks, which were all deemed as burglary paraphernalia. Uh, McCurdy tried to tell the judge that the items were not intended for burglary purposes, but to work on a foot operated machine gun that they were inventing. That actually worked, and a jury found him not guilty in January of 1911. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, now, if you're like, oh, I'm making a machine gun, people will be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, wait, 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 wait. wait.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so he was released from county jail, and that's where his short criminal career really began. Um, McCarty decided to rob banks and trains after that.
0: Oh, great.
1: Yep. So, McCurdy used nitroglycerin in his robberies. It caused him a lot of problems because he failed to determine the correct amount to use because his training was actually very minimal in the army on how to use nitroglycerin. They didn't didn't teach him, like, how much would do what. They just essentially taught him, hey, you use enough of this shit, it'll blow shit up because it was for demolitions.
0: (laughs) So he and didn't I know literally wait a minute i have literally heard that people went into the military specifically like army marines because they wanted to blow shit up yeah <laughs> and apparently i hope now it's better training because back then it wasn't like that is a huge driving uh yeah like like force into why yeah. people want to join the military <laughs> i want to blow shit up i just want to blow shit up all right there you go i feel it so mccurdy blew shit up but he blew it up wrong oh no mccurdy <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> i know
1: in march of 1911 mccurdy relocated to Lenape, oklahoma and he and three other men robbed the iron mountain missouri pacific train because he had heard that one of the cars contained a safe that had four thousand dollars in it they stopped the train successfully and located the safe he used nitroglycerin to open the safe's door, but he used too much in the safe and most of the money were destroyed in the blast.
0: Oh, God. So they oh, managed... Oh, that's to- such a fucking bummer. I know.
1: They managed to get $450 in silver coins that had actually melted to the safe's frame from the explosion.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking idiots. Oh,
1: McCurdy. Oh, McCurdy. (laughs) In September of 1911, McCurdy and two men robbed the Citizens Bank in Chautauqua, Kansas, and spent two hours breaking through the bank wall with a hammer. He once again used a nitroglycerin charge to open the bank's outer vault, and the blast blew the vault door so hard through the bank that it actually destroyed the bank. Shit. (laughs) But it didn't damage the safe in the vault um he tried to blow the safe door open but it actually failed to ignite and the people he were with like they got scared like their lookout fled because there were just two big fucking explosions you know like
0: I, oh the lookout was like nope I didn't yeah out for this. fuck
1: this shit i'm out so he ran they only managed to get about 150 dollars in coins that were in a tray outside of the safe and then they all fled He ran away to stay with a friend near Bartlesville, Oklahoma, and drank the next few weeks away. McCurdy's final robbery took place on October 4th, 1911, near Okusa, Oklahoma. He and two accomplices planned to rob a Katy train after hearing that it had $400,000 in cash that was supposed to be a royalty payment to the Osage Nation. So that's kind of fucked. Yeah, But... You know, bank robbers. They didn't care who the money was going to. They just wanted it.
0: No, they.
1: <laughs> so McCurdy and his men accidentally stopped a passenger train instead. Oh, good. <laughs> and not the Katie train. this They uh, managed to steal $46 from the mail clerk, two Demijohns of whiskey. So a Demijohn, like, you know, those um, things that go in a water cooler, those big barrel things with all the water. yeah. That's a demijohn. Um,
0: like a so,
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so it holds one to 16 gallons. So, two demijohns of whiskey, an automatic revolver, what? a coat, and the train conductor's watch.
0: They are just um, taking anything. Like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> a
1: they're
0: newspaper. Like doing, they're like doing what I do when I'm on Amazon. I'm like, oh, I need that. I need that. A little bit of this. I oh, you're this. advertising
1: this? Give me that too.
0: Oh, you got a barrel of whiskey? Put it in my cart.
1: Yes, but this is what made me laugh. Okay. A newspaper called the robbery one of the smallest in the history of train robbery.
0: Oh, they basically just said you had a little dick. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, a little Dick McCurdy. Yep. Fucking McCurdy. So, <laughs> McCurdy was disappointed and
1: drowned his sorrows in the demijohns of whiskey that I was they had just stolen
0: barrels
1: of whiskey yeah so at this time he was actually also ill with tuberculosis because of his time in the lead mines he had a mild case of pneumonia and trichinosis which is like a bacterial infection
0: i was gonna say trichinosis that i feel like that is also some sort of like it can be some sort of like std it's caused
1: by (laughs) roundworms So I think the trichinosis, there is a trichinosis that is like an STD thing that women can yeah. catch from men, but this is uh-huh. a different kind of trichinosis. This is one that causes like diarrhea and abdominal pain. You get it from eating undercooked meat.
0: Oh, bleh.
1: So. McCurdy. Um, I
0: cook, know. Cook your meat, McCarty.
1: <laughs> it's sad. Um, so. He had no idea that a $2,000 reward for his capture had been issued. <laughs> and he went to the – he partied with a bunch of the field hands with his barrels of whiskey and on October 6th. And then he went to sleep in the haylofts of his friend's ranch. Early morning, October 7th, 1911, a posse of three sheriffs tracked him using bloodhounds. Ooh. They surrounded the barn. And the following is what Sheriff Bob Fenton recalled in an interview for the Daily Examiner paper the following day. It began just about seven o'clock. We were standing around waiting for him to come out when the first shot was fired at me. It missed me, and then he turned his attention to my brother Stringer Fenton. He shot three times at Stringer, and when my brother got under cover, he turned his attention to Dick Wallace. He kept shooting at all of us for about an hour. We fired back every time an we hour? could.
0: He must yeah. be. Like, I'm sorry. Like, did you like practice at all? <laughs>
1: no, I always love shootouts like that, and like, no, no bullets hit anybody, and, and You're like, no
0: one like gets her yeah or whatever yeah i mean
1: okay i mean he dies but you know so but it takes an uh,
0: hour
1: (laughs) a whole hour we fired back every time we could we do not know who killed him on the trail we found one of the jugs of whiskey which was taken from the train it was about empty he was pretty drunk when he rode up to the ranch last night
0: yeah in a barrel hello he was
1: probably still hammered and just firing off rounds Um, McCurdy was killed by a single gunshot wound to the chest, which he sustained while he was lying down. Okay Now we begin how he journeyed to the pike.
0: <sighs>
1: okay, His body was taken to the undertaker in Pahoska, Oklahoma, to be prepared for burial. It might be Pahuska, but either way, Uh, the body was embalmed with an arsenic based preservative, which they used in that era to preserve a body for longer periods of time. If next of kin wasn't known, the undertaker shaved his face, put him in a suit and stored him in the back of the funeral home. Oh, God. No one ever claimed Elmer's body. Oh, and he refused to bury or release the body until he was paid for his services. Well, so instead, he decided to make some money on Elmer. He dressed the body in street clothes. Oh, my God. Put a rifle in his hands and stood him up in a corner of the funeral home. And he would charge visitors a nickel to see the bandit who wouldn't give up. Eventually, the attraction got the attention of carnival promoters.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And he received numerous offers to buy the body, but he refused to sell it.
0: Did people know it was a body or did they think yeah. it was
1: fake? Nope. They knew it was a body. What? <laughs> they wanted to get pictures with this elusive bandit. I mean, you got to think this is like the Wild West. Like, you know, but they like, were kind of doing whatever. Oh, I mean, you know, uh, it is what it is. Wow. I paid money to go to Mudder's Museum and see bodies.
0: Yeah, but that's that's completely different in my opinion. I mean,
1: a little bit. It's scientific, but whatever.
0: And, like, they're probably... It was probably, like, in something. Like, the bodies were encased. Um, yes and no. Like, not just hanging out with a fucking, like... Rifle in his hands? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess. But the bodies exhibit, they're just out in the open and, like, flayed alive. It's kind of creepy. Ooh.
0: Um. So. You know, I guess that is kind of, like, a... Just, like, a nod to human nature. Like, we're all gonna be interested, whether you think you are not and like dead dead people right exactly okay so on
1: october 6 1916 a man who called himself aver contacted the undertaker who was named joseph johnson i forgot to say that earlier Uh, and he claimed to be elmer's long lost brother from california he received permission from the osage county oklahoma sheriff to take custody of the body and to ship it to san francisco for proper burial He arrived at the funeral home with another man named Wayne, who also claimed to be a brother of Elmer. The undertaker released the body into the care of his long-lost brothers, who put the body on a train, but not to San Francisco. Instead, it was going to Arkansas City, Kansas. They put it
0: on a train?
1: Yeah, that's how they had to transport it.
0: Like... (laughs)
1: mean it was 1916,
0: so... Like the, no, like, in the luggage compartment? Or was he, like, a passenger? I think it'd be really <laughs> funny if they put him in a passenger seat. Oh, my God. That's what I, Okay. Oh, my... I didn't even consider that. That's but, what first came to my mind. I'm like, was he, like, literally, like, weekend at Bernie's? Like. Oh, my God!
1: 1916 weekend at Bernie's. Yep. No, I think he was, like, in the cargo. Oh, wow. All right. So... Ugh. Uh, those men weren't his brothers shocker shocker uh-huh. um they were actually james and charles patterson the owners of the great patterson carnival shows and after learning about the attraction they came up with a scheme to steal mccurdy's corpse his body was the attraction the outlaw who would never be captured alive until 1922 when patterson sold it to lewis sonny
0: Oh, my goodness. This Lewis. guy, he's just like Flat Stanley. You remember Flat Yes. Stanley? Yes. Like, he's just going all over the place. like All over the world. Taking pics. Yep.
1: Wow. There's lots of photos that I'm going to post. Ooh, I wanna, I'm looking them up right now. So, Louis Sonny used the body in his traveling Museum of Crime, which featured wax replicas of famous outlaws such as Bill Doolin and Jesse James. In 1928, uh, the body became oh. part of the sideshow that accompanied the trans-American foot race. In 1933, it was obtained by director Dwayne Esper to promote his exploitation film, Narcotic Exclamation <laughs> Point. I have to point that out because I can't like say it properly, but like literally the film is Narcotic with an exclamation point. <laughs>
0: oh my god. Someone's um, just very excited about narcotics.
1: Yeah. Yes. So the corpse was placed in the lobby of theaters as a dead dope fiend. What the fuck? It was a propaganda film. It literally says exploitation film. It's like Reefer Madness (laughs) but for dope. So (laughs) the corpse was placed in the lobby of theaters as a dead dope fiend whom Esper claimed had killed himself while surrounded by police after he had robbed a drugstore to support his habit. (laughs)
0: Oh, this was like – do you remember that commercial from like the 80s? It was like, this is your brain on drugs. This is your – yeah, yeah. And it was like fried
1: eggs in a pan. I love the one with like the kid that was melted into the couch because like that was supposed to be scary. But at the time, I was like, bro, I would like nothing more than to be melted into the couch right now.
0: like, that just looks like fun.
1: Yeah, like just let me not think about anything and become one with the couch. Thank you. Um, The other one was the dog. Have you ever seen the one with the dog where he's like – owner's high all the time and i'm like
0: what the fuck does that matter i don't know if i've seen the dog one i fucking i love those like reagan era commercials though they're like oh my god they're hilarious
1: i will find the dog one and send it to you because it's fucking hilarious please do
0: that sounds
1: very funny it's so funny it's like an anti-marijuana commercial with the dog um okay (laughs) so um by the time Esper had acquired McCurdy's body, it had become mummified. The Ugh. skin had become hard and shriveled, which caused the body to shrink. Esper claimed that the skin's deterioration was proof of the supposed dope fiend's drug abuse. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So fucked up. So, Louis Sunny died in 1949, and the corpse was placed in storage in a Los Angeles warehouse so bro was literally renting out this body the whole time and making money on it before that
0: oh man i hope this guy haunted everyone
1: i hope so too because Um,
0: that is just like it's
1: so like criminal or not it's so disrespectful
0: it's so disrespectful i hope they i hope he haunted the shit out of all of them
1: yeah we're gonna get haunted because we're making fun of things but that's okay um In 1964, Sonny's Sonny's son, (laughs) Dan, lent the corpse to filmmaker David F. Friedman, and it made an appearance in the 1966 film She Freak. In 1968, Dan Sonny sold the body, along with other wax figures, to Spoonie Singh for $10,000. Singh let two comedian men exhibit the body at Mount Rushmore for a show where I previously told you that it had sustained damage. After it returned, it was sold to the pike, and that's where the body remained until it was discovered. So by December 11th, 1976, the story of McCurdy's journey had been featured in newspapers and on television and radio. Several funeral homes actually called the coroner's office and like, offered to bury McCurdy for free. Wow.
0: But officials
1: decided to wait and see if any living relatives would come forward and claim him.
0: Oh my God, it's been long enough. Yeah.
1: Just put the dude to rest.
0: Yeah. Let the dude just like take his nap, his ever long nap.
1: Yes. So Fred Olds, who represented the Indian Territory Posse of Oklahoma Westerns, eventually convinced Dr. Thomas Noguchi, the the then chief medical examiner coroner for the County of Los Angeles, to allow him to bury the body in Oklahoma. After further testing to ensure proper identification, Olds was allowed to take custody of the body. On April 22nd, 1977, a funeral procession was conducted to transport McCurdy to the Boot Hill section of the Summit View Cemetery in Guthrie, Oklahoma. A graveside service was actually attended by 300 people. Wow. And was conducted after which McCurdy was buried next to another outlaw, Bill Doolin. To ensure that McCurdy's body would not be stolen, two feet of concrete was poured <laughs> over the casket
0: oh shit that guy got he got like
1: security yes um so some of the stories inaccurately said they used dna to identify the body but obviously in 1977 they couldn't have done that they didn't have that kind of technology for dna Mm -hmm. but they did supposedly use dna to understand that it was human tissue that they were looking at and that it wasn't a mannequin
0: okay well so (laughs) okay
1: yeah I, i don't know
0: yeah, it's not fucking plastic. Like, what
1: right? Fuck? Yeah. Um, so that's my bit of DNA for that. And like, obviously, the forensics they used were precursors to DNA and what we had before DNA, which is why I was like, yeah, this is an okay story to do.
0: No that that was um, that was really good.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Elmer's post mortem career was obviously much more successful in his career when he was alive.
0: So wait, how? Tell me, how exactly did he end up in that like funhouse thing in that? Uh, ride? So. After Spoonie Singh bought him from all the traveling sideshows,
1: Uh he lent him out to someone who took him on an exhibit to Mount Rushmore. And that windstorm knocked half of his limbs off. And whenever he got it back, he was like, I can't put this in my fucking museum. It doesn't look like a normal wax figure. I'm going to sell it and make some money. So that's how he sold it to the Pike. And the Pike actually used it for a different attraction before he ended up in the fun house. But I don't remember what that was
0: i wonder i wonder how he ended up in there
1: i think i think let me see if i still have it up um i think that it was just like he was they bought it and they needed to put him in like somewhere you know um,
0: wow i want like even like in the 70s though did they know that that was a dead body I'm sure someone fucking
1: knew. I bet you Spoony Sing fucking knew and just didn't tell anyone. It was just like, I don't think the owners of the pike knew it was a dead body. I think they I, I thought, don't
0: either. I feel like by that time they'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like
1: Yeah. <laughs> this is um, too weird. <laughs> here. So uh I'm trying to see. Okay, so in nineteen seventy one Elmer went to work for Ed Learsch and D.r Crydale, partners who set up a wax museum of their own on Long Beach on the Long Beach Pike and purchased Elmer from the show. They displayed him as the thousand year old man five years <laughs> later. he was hanging around in the fun house in the amusement park, so like he moved from ride to ride,
0: okay, oh um, okay, so he just <laughs> wow yeah yeah
1: so that is the sad story of elmer mccurdy i hope he
0: just fucking haunted everyone he was only 31 when he died well i was just looking at like there's like side by side pictures of um his corpse and him and like he he doesn't look old like i was thinking maybe like 40 but you know people lived kind of rough back then so
1: yeah i mean Um, he he looks very malnourished but again that could have been from the trick so like he wasn't obviously digesting anything and was just shitting everything out
0: Aww. um
1: so yeah he had that's, a really hard life
0: that that's like
1: <laughs> that's like sad you know yeah it's really sad but i needed to correct myself so my sources are wikipedia a uh, pathology expert which was actually one of the people who worked on the case okay and like took the body okay um and mysteryu.com
0: that was good that was that was very good yeah thanks that was wild. i enjoyed it yeah it took a
1: sharp turn from what i was originally going to do so
0: not bad what were you originally going to do can you give us remember a how i talked about that well i
1: talked about that one case yeah yeah Yeah, Mm -hmm. the murder that happened on halloween but i already talked about it and i was like well i gave it away so i can't talk about it now oh i see yeah yeah yeah, i got it so so yeah
0: but cool there you go well that was good that was very that was very weird yeah
1: yeah um padded room
0: um do you have one so i can think i for do a second. okay go
1: i finally watched the last episode of schitt's creek
0: <laughs>
1: i sobbed the whole time yeah um and then i watched the documentary Oh,
0: that's on netflix I remember was a documentary i'll have to check that out you will cry the whole time i just love all of them um
1: it was just <sighs> The documentary was just touching to, like, watch how everything came together. But the thing that really got me was that, like, just the influence and, like, the representation that that show has for the LGBT community and that they they just portray... David and Patrick's relationship is normal because it is normal. And it just portrays it in this world without any homophobia. Yep. And I just, I love it so fucking much.
0: I'm telling you, I will say it again. That's why I love Babysitters Club <laughs> because they just had, they just had parents. They just had like same sex parents. And there was definitely like a, a kid that was, um, I don't know if they were transgender or if they were just very fluid. And like it just didn't matter. Like no one even you didn't even like address you know, it. No, one batted an eye. No, it yeah. was just it was just like oh, that's just him. That's just her. That's just them. Whatever. Like I love, yeah, I love that.
1: Yeah, it's just it's just really touching. And there's like a segment in the um. I don't know if you watched any of the like after after the show because i watched it on pop so like i got to see like the little after clips of the show Mm -hmm. and they were all sitting around a table and they read a letter from like these mothers against homophobia um things to dan levy and he like lost his shit and started everyone at the table was crying just about how much positive representation there is and like it's i just fucking love it i just love it so fucking much so watch the documentary so you can cry
0: I know, I, I really want to because I've watched um like interviews with the cast mm-hmm. and I read I read that like um Annie Murphy, who plays Alexis and Eugene Levy, who plays Johnny. I heard that they were like really close mm-hmm. and like on the I read something so cute. It was like on the last on the shooting of the last episode, like, um, I think they were all trying not to get like emotional and then i think eugene just kind of like he just like maybe like kissed the top of her head but it was normal it wasn't creepy it was like no i know what i know what you're talking about it was the scene uh it
1: wasn't the last it might have been the last episode but there was a scene where uh, i'm gonna spoil it for those who haven't fucking watched it just fucking watch the show um whenever um alexis and um oh my god why am i forgetting his name ted yes ted are breaking up Mm-hmm. And afterwards, like, Annie Murphy thought she was okay, and she started walking away, and Dan Levy was just there with his arms open, and they just hugged, and she, like, sobbed and lost it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Like –
1: I think this one with Eugene. Or not Dan. Eugene. It was Eugene. Eugene, not Dan. Dan was there, but it was Eugene, and, like, she just lost her fucking shit. And, like, you could see there's video of Eugene Levy crying as he's watching the scene
0: so, so and, I, and i love i love the, the like johnny's like character and i love eugene levy i just think he's so precious yeah yes it's just it's
1: such a wholesome show and i just love it so much and i'm so sad it's over but you know all good things must come to an end
0: well i mean i am glad i always do appreciate when um when shows end before they get like sour like yeah they get just old and overdone like i do appreciate that yes yeah yeah but i it, do but too. it's sad like i oh man i was so i was sad about parks and rec i was sad about all that shit
1: yeah yeah it's it's
0: rough so that was my padded room well mine is that i don't know what it is well okay i have i can i can do one so Um, Just like a shout out for another really good podcast who I've been meaning to tell you about. Have I told you about Sinisterhood? No. They are a great podcast. I really like them because they just do all things like creepy. It could be true crime. It could be um, like supernatural things. Um, And I've just been listening to them a lot. And I really, I really, really like them. I appreciate like the style of podcast that I like. I like some banter like within the podcast, but I don't mm-hmm. like it to be completely off track. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That gets like really annoying to me. Um and so I really really like this one. They I'm listening to a series they did. I don't know if it was 2020 or 2019 that they did it, but it's like a three-parter about Aaron Hernandez. Okay. Shit is crazy nice and you'll appreciate it because they do admit that aaron hernandez is very attractive because didn't you say that he
1: was very attractive it's a yeah it's a problem you look at him and you're just like yeah but he's cute and there's i I don't like
0: finding
1: murderers attractive
0: i mean he is just one of those like objectively attractive though like he's just this yeah big dark-haired muscular guy like don't feel bad it's it's a
1: thing It's just, I mean, it shouldn't shock me because I'm always attracted to like the absolute psychotic, crazy villains in movies. So like, (laughs) I don't know why that's shocking to me, but it is what it is. So yeah, I just need to accept that as who I am.
0: That's a really good podcast, though, Sinisterhood. Um, yeah, it's really good. I, I enjoy it very much. And they do cool, like, their most recent, like, series that they've been doing is the Free Britney movement. Nice. <laughs> um, so that's, that's really cool. It gives, like, a ton of information about Britney Spears and... Her situation is fucked up. It's
1: so fucked up. Oh, and there was oh my another god. one. I
0: think it was two parts about Brittany Murphy. Do you remember Brittany oh, Murphy? Oh, I loved Brittany Murphy. Oh my god, I felt so like misinformed. Obviously, I was because I always thought she died like from anorexia.
1: Oh no, Mm-mm. that is
0: always like what I was, what I thought, what I was told. No, because um, I loved her like stuff. Like I loved Uptown Girls when I was little i mean
1: i've loved her clueless oh my god yeah
0: she was in sister sister as like a guest um appearance so or like just like a starting out like you really didn't even know her at that point but um yeah that one was really good like i had no idea yeah
1: i always wondered if like it really was an accident like an accidental like overdose, mm, or like that, you
0: have gotta listen to this. It's really good, and it sure shit it I don't know if it was intentional or if it was just like, oh, well, you know, if she dies, like we get this money, like but her husband died the same way, but it's but the mom.
1: I guess, yeah. The common
0: factor, the mom was living with both of them and they both died.
1: Okay, well.
0: Like, it, nice. it's all kinds of shady shit. I was, my mind was blown, so you gotta listen to that. Yeah, but didn't her mom get sick too? Mm, no, I mean, she, I, my, my understanding is she was probably doing a, a lot of drugs. But no, hmm. they never talked about her getting sick. It was the, it was the, the husband I thought for
1: some reason her mom got sick, too. It was like they came back from, like, a a trip or something, or they got sick on a trip.
0: That's that's not how the podcast made it seem, but I feel like there was a lot of just weird shit with that case, though, where, like, because I swear to God, I always heard that she died because of, like, drug use and, like, anorexia, and that's not true at all. mm-mm. mm-mm. Yeah, crazy. You uh, should listen to it. Okay, I will. It's really good. Nice. All right, well anything else um no please please vote (laughs) yeah
1: yeah please Um, vote check out our patreon
0: oh yeah i like didn't even think about the podcast yeah (laughs) so distracted by this fucking nation (laughs) i've
1: been distracted by the fucking dumpster fire that's surrounding us constantly so
0: yeah it's really i just have a constant
1: impending sense of doom so it's really hard to get past that sometimes
0: yeah, you're like, oh, what do I want to do today? Just hide under my covers? Okay. Please, please, yes. Um, check us out on Facebook,
1: Chardonnay and Sign DNA. Instagram, Chardonnay and DNA. The Twitter we never use, Chardonnay DNA. Uh, the website, Chardonnayanddna.com. You can email us at DNA at gmail.com. Am I missing anything?
0: I don't think so. Okay. All right, bye. E glass, bye.